The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic Pet Duo. Well, greeting pet lovers. We welcome our listeners who tune in each week from around the world. You know, Doc and I are recording from the EpiPet Studios off the Gulf Coast of Tampa in our hometown of Bradenton, Florida. Well, November is Senior Dog Adoption Month, and we are highlighting senior dogs. You know, last week we discussed how 12-year-old Cookie was abandoned at the shelter because her family got a new puppy. They dragged Cookie and the new puppy to the shelter, and poor Cookie was crying when they left her in the shelter and walked off with their new puppy. You know, this week we want to highlight another special senior dog. This is Pretty Girl. At age 11, Pretty Girl was left at a shelter after living in the same home for 11 years. The social media guru at the shelter saw Pretty Girl, felt like he had a connection with her and decided to sit with her and get to know her a little bit better because she was so timid and so scared. Basically, they left her at a shelter because she couldn't handle a new baby in the house. I have no idea what that means, but she couldn't handle it. So they dumped her out the shelter soon after she climbed up in his lap and he made it his mission to help her get adopted. Well, moved by the dog's sweet and affectionate nature, he shared pretty girl's background on Seattle Humane's Instagram, Facebook and TikTok. And believe it or not, pretty girl had Plenty of suitors from all over the country. They were emailing the adoption team, claiming that they're ready to buy a plane ticket to get Pretty Girl. But after four days, she found a loving and calm home with an older couple, which was the best thing for her. Well, congratulations, Pretty Girl. Another senior dog adopted. Woohoo! Your hmm. thoughts, Dr. Fleck? I, th- I think that's just marvelous. Disappointing that a pet that's been through its entire life with people that they really eliminate her from their family discarded her past the twilight of her age yeah for both scenarios scenarios. last week and this week so hopefully um we can highlight another um senior pet and uh help people recognize that if they do adopt their senior dog or senior cat, because those dogs have the hardest time getting adopted, you'll be saving a life and really enjoying a calmer and really grateful pooch. I mean, some of the dogs that I showed uh, last week on KTLA for in on the Halloween segment that I did or two weeks ago for the Halloween segment I did, there was one senior dog there, Ebby. He was sweet as sugar. He was a schnauzer. If I could have, I would have adopted him. He also had part of his ear chopped off, but he was just the sweetest dog. And they actually called him Ebenezer Schneezer Vinnie Van Gogh. So, you know, I want to definitely thank um, Mad Love Animal Rescue a 501c3 in LA for introducing me to some great um, senior dogs. Um, I took pictures of all of them with their handlers. Um, and I hope I help them all get adopted. Nice story. Yeah. Let me give you the rundown for this week's show. This week on the Pet Buzz, we're talking about why pets stopped eating Fancy Feast, why pandas are headed back to China, what's a veterinary social worker, learn more about canine UTIs, and how to keep pets clean over the holidays. And 
And joining us to discuss the relinquishment and adoption rate of senior dogs is Dr. Lisa Lunghoffer, Executive Director of the Gray Muzzle Organization. Welcome back to the Pet Buzz. We're so happy to have you join us again and talk about how we can help senior dogs become adopted and find forever homes and also be happy and healthy. Well, I'm happy to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Senior dogs, um, talking about senior dogs is one of my favorite topics. Great. Dr. Lisa, can you tell us a little bit about the Gray Muzzle Organization? Absolutely. So the Gray Muzzle Organization saves and improves the lives of senior dogs by providing funding and resources to animal welfare organizations across the country. We were founded in 2008, and we're one of the largest national nonprofits focused specifically on senior dogs and their well-being. What is one of the biggest reasons that dog owners relinquish their senior dogs to shelters and rescue groups? I just, I can't understand that. I mean, you spend so much time with the dog and then when he's older, you kind of drop him off. You know, senior dogs are surrendered for a lot of the same reasons that dogs of other ages are given up, given up. You know, sometimes their families have a change in circumstances. They may have a a new child. They may have to take care of an aging relative. They may um, lose a job. Senior dogs also, um, you know, as they age, have more medical issues, just as we do as we age. And sometimes the cost of that care is beyond the reach of their families. And so sadly, they feel like they have no choice but to give them up. I guess that's better than economic euthanasia. And hopefully they can find better homes. Absolutely. So why is it so difficult for shelters and small rescues and other organizations to take care of senior dogs? Is it staffing issues? Is that one of the factors? Um, I think one of the biggest factors is is the cost that it requires to treat some of the perhaps um, untreated issues that senior dogs come into shelters and rescues with. We see a lot of bad teeth. A lot of senior dogs come into shelters and rescues not having had dental care for many years. And as we know, dental care is really important, not only to our Um, our comfort in terms of being able to eat and dogs comfort in terms of being able to eat, but also in terms of their overall well-being. So getting those teeth taken care of can be expensive. And sometimes shelters and rescues just don't have the money to afford to provide the dental or medical care that senior dogs need to get them ready for new homes. Well, if you've just joined us, we're speaking with Dr. Lisa Longhofer from the Gray Muzzle Organization about the challenges of um, senior pets and uh, and hopefully their adoptions. Um, how does Gray Muzzle help shelters and rescue organizations with the care of their senior dogs? So we provide grants to animal welfare organizations. In the past year, this past July, we set a new record we awarded $848,000 in grants to 90 animal welfare groups across the United States and in Puerto Rico. And those grants are specifically for helping senior dogs. So they're um, designed to provide dental care, veterinary care, 
Um, there, they um, support programs that help keep senior dogs in their homes with the people who love them. If someone is perhaps not able to afford the, um, the medical care that their dog needs, those grants are there to help them. We also fund innovative programs. We have one terrific program in Washington State that pairs senior um, dogs in foster care with residents in an assisted living facility. So they take care of the dog, give him lots of love while he's waiting for his forever home. I've been waiting to say, wow, what a record. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And you know, it's also great that the program that you just talked about with senior citizens in, um, and their and their living, um, assisted living and nursing homes because seniors need something to do. They need to be able to have love and companionship too. And their families can't necessarily visit all the time, but that's fantastic. While they're waiting for their forever homes, they are spending time with a dog lover of about their same age. So that's wonderful. Can you give some advice? What, I mean, what should folks who want to adopt a senior pet think about? Because it is, it is a commitment. I mean, having a puppy is a commitment too, but it's also a commitment for a senior pet. Sure. You know, I think uh, just as, as is, is the case for adopting a dog of any age, it's important to consider how the dog you're thinking about taking home fits into your lifestyle, how it fits into your family. Um, it's important to think about the care that the senior dog may need. Um, it's great to get as much information as you possibly can from the shelter or rescue from which you're considering adopting about what sort of diagnostic tests um, have been done so that you're, you're prepared to provide the care that the senior dog needs um, in his golden years. It's, you know, I remember it's, it's definitely challenging. And I think you have to really make sure if you do want to adopt a senior pet, you're up for the challenges as well as the financial challenges, because there are some, but I think senior dogs are wonderful pets to adopt. Um, well, we need to take a commercial break and return with Dr. Lisa Lunghofer, the executive director of the Gray Muzzle Organization, discussing senior pet adoption. Also in our next segment is Flex Facts. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and our buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. A Rottweiler named Whiskey with hours to live brought back to full health. A terrier named Snoopy, paralyzed in all four legs, who ran and played again within months. These dogs are known as Marty's Miracles. Dogs brought back to health by Dr. Marty Goldstein. I've helped countless dogs thrive with one simple concept. Your dog needs a high meat diet similar to what their ancestors ate in the wild. Called the Miracle Worker by Forbes Magazine, he's now created a premium dog food for you 
called Nature's Blend. It's the easiest way to support your dog's easy digestion, nourished skin, playful energy, and most importantly, their healthy, full life. For a limited time, save up to 54% off Nature's Blend and get free premium dog treats. Go to drmartypets.com slash love or text love to 511-511. Text love to 511-511. I'm so confident your dog will love it. Your order is backed with a 90-day guarantee. All pets are unique. Your pet's results can and will vary. Message and data rates may apply. A lot of Cannoli's energy started to bounce back. (laughs) She has a lot of puppy moments and she'll be 14 this summer. What did these dog parents do for their dogs? They switched to Nature's Blend, a premium freeze-dried raw dog food made by Dr. Marty Goldstein, a veterinarian Forbes magazine called The Miracle Worker. It's the easiest way to support your dog's easy digestion, nourished skin, playful energy, and most importantly, their healthy, full life. I'm so confident your dog will love it. Your order is backed with a 90-day guarantee. Save up to 54% off Nature's Blend and get a free full-size bag of Tilly's Treasures dog treats. They're best-selling beef liver dog treats while supplies last. Go to drmartypets.com slash love or text love to 511-511. Go to drmartypets.com slash love or shop in over 2,000 stores nationwide. Use the store locator to find the store closest to you. All pets are unique. Your pets' results can and will vary. Message and data rates may apply. Studies available upon request. Thank you for joining us on the Pet Buzz. The show is hosted by the dynamic pet duo. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Flackman. Um, well, we're back and we're talking with Dr. Lisa Longhofer, executive director of the Gray Muzzle Organization, discussing senior pet adoption. You know, in the last few years, there's been a tremendous amount of news about adopting senior pets. And I think it's fantastic. I know I just um, did a segment out in LA at KTLA and there were um, three dogs that we showed and one cat up for adoption. It was in a Halloween segment. And the oldest dog was uh, a schnauzer named Abby or the gal who helped me get the dogs for the segment with Mad Love um, Dog Rescue. Abby was about seven years old and uh, he was missing an ear. Somebody had cut his ear off. And um, I mean, if I could have taken that dog home, I would have. And it's funny, of all this TV segments and all the times I've used adoptable dogs, it's only the second one. But there was something about that dog. He was so quiet and so calm and so reserved and so loving. Um, I really wish I could have taken him home. My mom had schnauzers and I'm used to the breed. But um his name was Ebenezer Sneezer Vinnie Van Gogh because of the loss of the ear. And I, I've been thinking about that dog every single day since I did that segment on KTLA on the 25th of October. So I'm praying that he gets a wonderful home where he can be appreciated. Oh, I'll be thinking about that dog for a long time. Um, any additional comments, Dr. Longhoffer? No, I just encourage all of your listeners to consider opening their heart and home to a senior dog. Um, you know, senior dogs do tend to take longer to get adopted, but the love that they have to give is immeasurable. And I can guarantee that um, that you will receive the love you give tenfold back. And um, and I just really, really encourage you to, to think about adopting a senior dog. 
You know, before you leave us today, can you um, give us your website so we can learn more about the Gray Muzzle organization? Absolutely. It's graymuzzle.org. That's G-R-E-Y-M-U-Z-Z-L-E.org. You know, um, from what I understand, you have some great resources on your website. Can you tell us about what's on the website so that could help pet owners? Absolutely. I hope people will, will visit the website. We have a blog and on the blog, we have all sorts of resources related to the care and well-being of senior dogs. So we have information on, on topics, including dental care, alternative treatments, enrichment, um, end-of-life decision-making. We also offer a free monthly webinar where we have guest experts, again, talking about all sorts of um, topics related to senior dogs. And uh, those um Webinars are recorded, so if you can't join us live, you can also go to our website and, and download those and, and watch them at, at your convenience. But I really encourage people to check them out. It, we have we really try to have the most current, um, cutting-edge resources and information, and information on the care of senior dogs. Great. Great website, great information. Well, just to remind you, that was Dr. Lisa Longhofer of the Gray Muzzle Organization discussing the benefits of adopting senior dogs. Gray Muzzle is a wonderful organization and they need your help. And if you can, please send them a dollar, five dollars, $10, $1,000 or $10,000 for all the good work they do. You will be helping saving lives. You know, this month on the Pet Buzz, we're highlighting senior pets. Um, in this particular um, show, we just talked about uh, Cookie, and uh, we talked about Pretty Girl. Um, thanks to some great people out there, uh, these older dogs got adopted. So we wish them well and we think about them. And I hope you do too once you've heard their stories. Uh, and remember, senior pets need our help just as much as puppies and just as much as kitties. Time for Flex Facts. Are you ready, Dr. Flex? Yes, I am. Welcome to Just the Facts. Just the Facts. Fact or fiction? Just the Facts, ma'am. You want answers! I want the truth! So, Dr. Fleck, what are you going to be talking about today? Urinary tract infections in dogs. Urinary issues are common in dogs. It's so frustrating to deal with a dog who is peeing in the house. Many owners chalk it up to behavioral issues or lack of training. However, your dog may have a urinary tract infection, especially if it is a puppy or has other underlying medical conditions. Also, it is important to note, the age of the dog can play a role in how quickly the UTI can clear up. An older dog with a weaker immune system may take longer to recover from UTI, especially if the case is more severe and requires antibiotic intervention. I had heard that some breeds are more prone to getting UTIs. Is that true? Dog breeds like Shih Tzus, Yorkies, are more prone to developing UTIs because they are lowered to the ground. E. coli, Escherichia coli, the type of bacteria that causes UTIs, can more easily enter the dog's urethra and bladder this way. What about the sex of the dog? Does that make a difference? You know, the sex of the dog plays a role too. Male dogs are less likely to get UTIs because their urethra is longer. 
This means the bacteria that causes UTIs must travel farther in the dog's body to reach the bladder. Dr. Fleck, tell me what the signs of UTIs are. Yeah, the signs of UTI include inappropriate urination, frequent urination, increased thirst, bloody urine, and lethargy. These symptoms can also be associated with a lot of other medical conditions, such as kidney disease and diabetes. So if this sounds familiar, bring your dog to the vet so the urine can be checked. So what's the most effective way to treat a UTI? A DVM can prescribe a course of antibiotics that help the immune system fight bacterial infection, the most common underlying cause of UTI symptoms. Additionally, increased water intake. Increasing a dog's water intake will increase its hydration level. This will encourage them to urinate more often and help to flush out the bacteria that causes bladder infections. More hydration also helps to prevent bladder stones and kidney stones. If IV or antibiotic treatments are used, then it is often expected the symptoms will subside in about 48 hours, with full recovery generally accepted and expected in three to six weeks. At home remedies like likely take a lot longer to produce results, if any results at all. Anything else, Dr. Fleck? That's all the Flex fact for the week. Great reporting, Dr. Fleck. Something else to really understand, because most people, I think, believe um, cats have more frequent UTIs. Is that correct? I don't know if they expect that. I see a lot more UTIs in dogs than oh, cats. Up next, Celebrity Pet Buzz, the I Likey of the Week, and our next guest, Cornell University's Stephanie Coco, discussing veterinary social workers. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? EpiPet to the rescue. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, epi-pet.com. EpiPet is another proud sponsor of the Pet Buzz. She's running around. Her breath doesn't smell. Her digestive system is perfect. It has made such a huge difference. What did this dog parent do for their dog? She switched to Nature's Blend, a premium freeze-dried raw dog food made by Dr. Marty Goldstein, a veterinarian Forbes magazine called The Miracle Worker. It's the easiest way to support your dog's easy digestion, nourished skin, playful energy, and most importantly, their healthy, full life. I am so confident your dog will love it. Your order is back with a 90-day guarantee. Save up to 54% off Nature's Blend and get a free full-sized bag of Tilly's Treasures Dog Treats. They're best-selling beef liver dog treats while supplies last. Go to drmartypets.com slash love or text love to 511-511. Go to drmartypets.com slash love or shop in over 2,000 stores nationwide. Use the store locator to find the store closest to you. All pets are unique. Your pet's results can and will vary. Message and data rates may apply. Studies available upon request. Paid for by Dr. Marty Pets. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Buzz, the best in pet talk radio, where we focus on enhancing the bond between pets and their people. I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Let's kick off this segment with the celebrity pet buzz. And now, the latest news 
about celebrities and their pets. It's obsession. Aren't they cute? What's the name? What's the name? Well, in addition to his acting career, Justin Thoreau is passionate about animals. The actor has been an advocate for rescuing animals, having worked with the rescue group Austin Pets Alive, from which he adopted his dog, Kuma. More than a week ago, Thoreau was one of the hosts for the Humane Society's To the Rescue Gala in New York City and was photographed on the red carpet with his rescue pup, Kuma. While many media outlets were focusing on his new two-legged gal pal, pet lovers were more interested in his love, his pooch girl, Kuma. What's my pet fave of the week? It's genius. It's to die for. I like it. Well, during the holidays, no one wants to deal with stinky pets. Pet Honesty's chlorhexidine shampoo is great for cleansing and odor removal. It leaves the fur soft and silky and makes your pet look and feel great. It's also an effective treatment for dogs and cats experiencing discomfort from wounds, skin infections, rashes, hot spots, itchiness, as well as allergies. Additionally, the bottle is the perfect size to travel with. For more information, visit PetHonesty.com. That's P-E-T-H-O-N-E-S-T-Y. PetHonesty.com. Well, you know, Dr. Fleck, at the end of the summer, I received a press release from New York State's Cornell University Hospital for Animals about their school hiring of veterinary social worker. I never, believe it or not, I have never heard of a veterinary social worker before in the area of various pet professions. And I'm sure you as well as most of our listening audience hasn't either. So I decided that we needed to learn about it. So appropriate in our profession right now. And joining us today is Cornell's veterinary social worker, Stephanie Coco. She is here to shed more light on the profession as well as her role as at Cornell University's Hospital for Animals. Stephanie, welcome to the Pet Buzz today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited that she's here because it's something new that we need to learn about. Stephanie, contrary to what most people think, veterinary social workers have been around for a pretty long while, about 20 years, right? Yeah, actually, even in the 1990s, there were some social workers working within the veterinary setting. And in 2002, the University of Tennessee really established the term veterinary social worker and established their program. Uh, and it's only grown from there. That's amazing, right? Did you know about that? No, I didn't. I'm so glad that you're there, though. The profession needs it so much and all of the staff needed. And all of our clients need it too. So can you tell us about the role of the veterinary social worker? What do they do? Sure. Yes, I get this question all the time. So my main role here in the animal hospital is to support the clients of the hospital that are coming in. And I'm there to tend to the emotional needs that arise when somebody has a sick pet, a pet who is dying. Um, they might be facing quality of life conversations, end of life conversations, euthanasia, things that are emotionally charged. Um, and so I'm there to offer them some additional support related to pet loss and grief, 
But there's certainly other cases I'm involved uh, with where the pet may not be at end of life, may not be dying, uh, but facing serious illness, may be with us in the ICU. And for anyone that has a pet knows that it's a very stressful time if your pet isn't feeling well or if, unfortunately, they're stuck at the animal hospital for a few days. So I'm here to meet with them in the hospital or give them a phone call to check and see how they're doing emotionally with the situation and what support I can offer. I think the unique thing about veterinary social workers is the fact that they take a lot of pressure off of the veterinarian. And, you know, when I think about 20 and 30 years ago, when practices weren't as modern, you know, you, because you are in your 70s, the late 70s, I, I can only imagine while you were practicing, you had to deal with these issues and you're still a sole practitioner, even though you have many clinics, you're dealing with people who are, you know, upset and you've got patients waiting. There's also um, issues when it comes to finances and the way the economy is going now, that's more pressure for people when they have to pay mortgages, rents, deal with children and buy food and consider transportation costs. So I'm sure that's some other things that you also deal with. Um, correct? Absolutely. There are certain cases where I might have a veterinarian tell me, hey, we just discharged this patient home, but they mentioned to me while they were here that they're going through a divorce and recently lost their job, and I'm just feeling worried about them. Would you be able to maybe do a check-in call in a couple weeks, see how the pet's doing, and give them just some general support? Um, so in a way, I am able to take some of the emotional burden off of the clinician as well by saying, let me take that on for you and make sure that that client does feel supported, not only in their pet's care, but just overall a, a general check-in. You know, it's funny because I had read, like I said, I'd read this press release over the summer and last week when I was on TV tour, I was sitting next to a veterinarian um, who was going to Vegas with me. <laughs> we were sitting right next to each other. And I said, yeah, I just read this this press release that Cornell had hired a social worker. And you know what he said to me? He said, you know what? That's my next hire. He moved to Detroit. He went to MSU, by the way. I forgot to tell you that. That's where Dr. Fleck went. And he said, yeah, I'm going to hire a veterinary social worker. My practice is, you know, a lot of people are moving to Detroit. So that's he and his practice has grown so much in about four or five years. He's so busy. He's got three vets who, I mean, he's a young guy. And he said, this is the next thing that this is the next big climb. So I thought, wow, I got to get Stephanie on the show. Yeah. But I'm selfish too, because I think of my clients, but I also think of my staff and, and the staff needs too, which I think we're going to deal with as we go along with this interview. Yeah, that was my question. Um, so if you've just joined us, we're speaking with Stephanie Coco, the veterinary social worker at the Cornell Hospital for Animals. Stephanie, you also help the veterinary staff too. How so? And and, and talk to us about you, how you interact with the staff during the day. I mean, you mentioned one example. Sure. Yeah, um, I do. So the staff are another big piece of my job. I'm here for general support for them not only with the cases that they're seeing, but also for them, their own personal needs that might come up, whether that's related to stress at work or stress outside of work, um, it, which could certainly affect them while they're here working. I am implanted right in the hospital. Um, MRI is across the hall from me, neurology is down the hall. I'm right here so that people can stop in and talk with me if they're just feeling the weight of 
life in general, or maybe they've dealt with a few really difficult cases in a row, just dealt with an angry client, and they want to debrief. So rather than um, them keeping all that inside and letting that build up over time and come out in some unpleasant way down the road, I'm right here for them to come and talk to and try to get some of that off of their chest, feel that support, take that five minutes that they need. I always have candy in my office, just little things um, to try to alleviate some of that stress for them. Stephanie, we need to take a commercial break and return with Cornell's veterinary social worker, Stephanie Coco. Also in our next segment is Global Pet News and Tell Me Something Good. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. So I'm a cat, and I just moved in with this new human, and she's got this little toy she's always playing with, all day long. Tap, 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 bloop, bloop. She can't put it down. There it is. Oh, and get this. She even talks to it. Last week, she asked it for Chinese, and guess what? Egg rolls showed up, like magic. Humans have cool toys. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. So, your dog has stinky breath, and as much as you would like to brush your pet's teeth to freshen their breath and care for their mouth, it can really be a pain. Let's face it, they squirm, they try to get away, and they gag on the pet toothbrush. Wouldn't you like an easier solution? Well, Tevra Brand's Twist and Lick Oral Gel is the answer to hassle-free canine mouth care. Use a Twist and Lick once a week. All your dog has to do is lick the chicken-flavored ingredients right off the top of the product container. Featuring prolonged technology, the active ingredients are time-released to combat tartar and plaque, freshen breath, and whiten teeth. To provide your pooch with a healthier mouth and you with an easier dental care session, Tevra Brands Twist and Lift Oral Gel. Online at TevraPet.com. That's T-E-V-R-A Pet.com. And we thank Tevra Brands for being a proud supporter of the Pet Buzz. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck here at the Pet Buzz. We are urban, suburban, and country. Well, we're back with Stephanie Coco, the veterinary social worker at Cornell University Hospital for Animals. Stephanie, um, do you think veterinary social work will have a role beyond the clinic setting? I do. I think that there's a role for it really anywhere where there are multiple animals being cared for. So most veterinary social workers that I know of are working in clinical settings, but I have heard of some working within shelter settings. I think there could be a place for them within zoos. Um, Here at Cornell, we have an ambulatory program that goes out to, for example, see dairy cows right on the farm. Um, And I have the opportunity to be part of that as well. So it's a way for us to engage with folks that might not be coming right in here to the hospital, but could still benefit from veterinary social work services. You know, it's actually interesting that you mentioned that, but, you know, we live in Florida, we suffer from hurricanes. And last year during Hurricane Ian, we had a very longstanding um, 
dairy in the community. And the guy decided not to put his cows in the building and, and he left him out during the hurricane. And I think maybe if he was lucky, three survived. And, you know, there are all types of reports and I can and they talked about, you know, this is his family profession for four generations, et cetera, et cetera. And you think somebody like that would probably need help, mental help and services and understanding like you were just talking about. Right, Dr. Fleck? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, so I think it's great. And even if you, you know, even if there's like a pet parade or a hollow, a Halloween parade, I mean, if sometimes for people to understand that there's help in a community, um, it, you know, you could have a social worker come to those events. You, you know, as a veterinarian and, and staff members, we have instinct, but we don't have training. And that's what's so good about, about Stephanie with her training that she has and the ability to help, which is so important. And that's why I bring up with this last question. What do you hope to accomplish at Cornell? So I hope overall to create a sense of well-being in the hospital, even more so than we have at this point. We've certainly been working on that. Um, but uh, a sense of well-being for anyone that interacts with our hospital. So whether that's an animal that's coming through the doors, the family of that animal that's coming in, anyone from our, we're a teaching hospital, so faculty, staff, residents, interns, students, having all of them feel just that little extra bit of support and that their emotional needs, their mental health needs really do matter and that we recognize that this can be a challenging setting to be in as a clinician or as somebody bringing a pet in for an appointment who is unwell. Um, so that we recognize that, we see it, and hoping to build up some additional programming here as well. So um, of course, eventually, I hope that our team will grow so that we have even more clinicians uh, and veterinary social workers on staff but also being able to add in programming like a uh, pet loss group that can meet here in person for folks. Great. That is great. Um, but before you leave, please give us a website where we can learn more. Sure. So at vet.cornell.edu, you can find out all kinds of information about uh, the Cornell University Hospital for Animals, as well as our College of Veterinary Medicine. Well, just to remind you, that was Stephanie Coco, the veterinary social worker at Cornell University Hospital for Animals, speaking about her profession and how veterinary social work can help clients, staff, and even work outside of the clinic to help the surrounding pet community. We're so happy to learn more about this profession. Absolutely. Farewell, oh, giant pandas. And now, Pet Buzz news from around the globe. Fifty years after giant pandas arrived in Washington, D.C., the Smithsonian National Zoo has none in its enclosures. The three animals departed for a 19-hour flight to China this past Wednesday. The zoo's exchange agreement with the Chinese government originally brokered by President Richard Nixon in 1972, expires December 7, 2023. 
Ongoing negotiations to extend the agreement haven't produced results amid speculation from China watchers that Beijing is gradually pulling its pandas from Western nations due to deteriorating diplomatic relations with U.S. and other countries. Zoo officials from the National Zoo say they remain hopeful they will come to a new agreement with the Chinese government. Think not. The San Diego Zoo returned its pandas in 2019, and the last bear at the Memphis, Tennessee Zoo went home earlier this year. The departure of the National Zoo's bears mean the only giant panda left in America are at the Atlanta Zoo, and that loan agreement expires late next year. The zoo did not disclose why the pandas left three weeks earlier. And now for Pet Money Matters, I'm always looking to save you money. Pet Money Matters with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. Hey, it's sweater weather and we need to give our pets some warming and fashion when they hit your city streets before buying a sweater or any garment. Measure your pet at the natural collar. That's where his collar actually falls. The girth. That's behind the front paws up and around and the base of the neck to the base of the tail. When in doubt of size, buy a larger size. Just make sure he can easily do his business and his or her sweater doesn't get soiled. Buy a sweater that complements his natural coat to make him look as fashionable as possible and look good. Stay away from expensive wool and cashmere dog sweaters so you don't have to pay for dry cleaning. Best buy is to buy one or more acrylic sweaters, which you can wash and hang dry. I just kept more pet dollars in your pocket. And that's like your attention, please. News of the day got you down? No worries. Pet trendologist Charlotte Reed is here with Tell Me Something Good. This is a necessity like air and oxygen. Tell me something Cats across the country are refusing to eat their normal meals of fancy feast and cat owners swear the feline recipe has been changed after one cat owner posted on TikTok that her cat is refusing to eat his meals. A colony of fancy feast buying cat owners across the country concurred. Meow. Despite disturbing news about the kitty meals not being eaten, the change of Fancy Feast formulations may be a good thing. On the Perina, that's the owner of Fancy Feast, on their website, the brand explained that the recipes for pet foods are changing for the good in order to remove artificial colors and preservatives from the product. Although there's a lot of worry with cat mums and das, this is good for feline health. Now that's something good. Well, did you hear the bells? It's time for our wrap up. Totally unbelievable. Time goes by so quickly. Well, before we go, we want to give you a preview of next week's show. Next week, we're talking about Thanksgiving and pets. Dr. Fleck, can you thank our guests? Special thanks to our guests, Dr. Lisa Lunghofer and Stephanie Coco. And of course, we must always thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin, coat, and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. And of course, Dr. Marty's Goldstein's Natural Blend, Biologically Balanced Nutrition. If you have a question, write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. We will cover it on next week's show. And if you've missed any portion of this show, visit our social media channels as well as your favorite streaming channel and listen to the link podcast on Monday morning. And most importantly, remember, we're here each week to help you 
Take better care of your pets. Peace out and pet love. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. www.thepetbuzz.com Learn more about us, the show, and our guests. You've never knowingly feed your dog sawdust, but it's one of the most common fillers found in dog food today. Even the ones labeled healthy can contain powdered cellulose, otherwise known as wood pulp. I'm veterinarian Dr. Marty Goldstein. Your dog needs a biologically appropriate diet. That's why I developed Nature's Blend. She developed an aggressive cancer. She was put on pain meds just to help cope. She was limping through life and got very, very dopey from the pain medication. Nature's Blend is made in North America and is pantry safe. Not only did it pique her interest in wanting to eat again, but it started to give her some energy. After she eats, she gets very playful, has a lot of puppy moments, and she'll be 14 this summer. For a limited time, save 54% off Nature's Blend and receive a free pack of premium dog treats. Go to drmartypets.com slash love or text love to 511-511. I guarantee it with a 100% 90-day return of your purchase price. Message and data rates may apply. You may receive up to one additional text. Text stop to opt out. Ever Pet knows there's a lot in your life that you worry about. We want to make sure your pet's flea and tick protection isn't one of them. Tever Pet offers vet quality flea and tick protection that has the same active ingredients as leading brands like Canine Advantix 2 and Frontline Plus, but that cost much less, which means you can give your pet total flea protection worry-free. Tever Pet, helping you and your pet live your best life. Online at TevraPet.com. That's T-E-V-R-A Pet.com. And we thank Tevra Brands for being a proud supporter of the Pet Buzz.